May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. They were on their way to the promised land. It was right there. It was that way. The people of Israel had been through a lot over the last 39 and a half-ish years. They had been reminded uh, again and again of how God had rescued them from slavery in Egypt. The oldest of them would have remembered, the youngest of them would have grown up on it. These stories of the, 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 the ten plagues and the splitting of the Red Sea and the, the giving of the law at Sinai and, and the, the miracles of provision and protection in the wilderness. I mean, they were living the leading of the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. And now, they were so close. I mean, they knew why they had been wandering for the last 39 and a half years. Their parents had disobeyed. They doubted. They complained. They grumbled. They rebelled. And so God said, all right, 40 years, you got to wander in the wilderness until that generation dies off. But now, now it was time. And they were on the move again. And the promised land was, was right there. On the way, they, they had some troubles, right? They were attacked by the king of Arad, but... but he took some of their, their people captive, but they turned to the Lord. God gave them that huge victory and completely destroyed that king and its kingdom and, and brought their people back. And now they were on their way and it was so close and it was right there. The promised land. Just, just through that little sliver of the corner of Edom and, and then the Jordan River and then you're in, right? And they are getting excited and they are ready to go. And then God says, no, turn right. Go back this way towards the desert so you can go all the way around the, the country of Edom. All the armchair quarterbacks, all the armchair generals in Israel were saying, no, 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 God, just this way. This is much better. Let's just do this. But God didn't want them to fight against their cousins. All right, the, the people of Edom were descendants of Esau, Jacob's twin brother who, remember, didn't go down to Egypt. But God had made promises to Esau too, and, well, he was going to keep those. So he wasn't going to have the Israelites destroy the Edomites here. And so God says, you take that, that sharp right and head back toward the wilderness. And maybe you can guess what the Israelites did. They complained. So do I have to ask the question, or are you already applying it? Are you already thinking of the last time in your life that you thought it would be good to go this way, and, and God said, no, sharp right turn. Can you remember that time when we don't know why God did what he did? Or let happen what he let happen. And so you find yourself there with the Israelites, with that attitude of complaining. And think about what that attitude of complaining does. Sometimes it is really hard to see it in ourselves. So let's look at what it did to these Israelites here. So 40 years wandering, they're growing impatient. And then the boiling point 
is when they don't get their way. When God doesn't take the short-sighted shortcut that they wanted and instead tells them, no, we're, we're going a different direction. And notice what they do. They don't just say, but God, we really wanted to go this way. No, that attitude gets in there and then it branches out. It, it blooms so many ugly flowers. This, this attitude of discontent, this attitude of discouragement, this complaining just grows and they start by saying which way they wanted to go but but they open their mouth and all of a sudden everything is wrong look at verse five they spoke again brought us up out of egypt to die in the desert let that sink in really israel you're complaining about being rescued from slavery in egypt and this whole dying in the desert thing, you probably should have given that up about 39 years ago when God kept you alive and still is. You're complaining about this? Oh, but they're not done. Ready? There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. If you know the story of Israel in the wilderness, you know that that's a lie. Maybe except the detesting part. But no bread? Well, except for the miraculous bread that God made appear for them every single morning, except on the Sabbath, because he gave them twice as much the day before. But every single day, God made this miraculous bread appear for them. So they were actually complaining that they didn't have to plant and harvest the grain and, and, and uh, make the flour and knead the dough and bake the bread and all the other things they would have had to do if God wasn't miraculously providing bread for them every single morning and meat in the evening and water when they needed it. Let's see what happened. They started complaining and all of a sudden all they could see was everything that was wrong. But that's the way our minds work, isn't it? Think about it. Two families <coughs> could be living in the same apartment complex. Same apartment, same square footage, same floor space, same amenities, same everything. But for the first family, it's awesome. They had been living out on the street, actually uh, in a tent on a trail, just, just off the trail in town. And now they're in this apartment. The other family had just had their five-bed, three-and-a-half bath, uh, two-acre backyard fenced in with the, the in-ground pool house foreclosed on. And now they're living, you know, a wall's breadth away from their neighbors and the kids have to share a bedroom. Same apartment. Same everything. But for one, it's wonderful. For the other, it's nothing but complaining and, 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 and griping. Why? The attitude's different. And once the attitude goes, well, then everything's awful, right? Whether that's where we live or with whom we live, we find a way to complain. Whether that's how much we make or how much we have to do in order to make it. That attitude of, of complaining just grows and spreads, and it's so easy to complain about what God has given us instead of appreciating that God has given it to us. You see, God was offering the people of Israel a solution here. Turn right. That way you don't have to fight. But they sinned. 
So God gave them another solution. Look at verse 6. The Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. Okay, maybe it was an unlikely solution, but it was a solution. And it worked. It caused the people to repent. Look at the next verse. They, They come right out and say it. We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Finally, they're on to the solution. They say, pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. At least that first part was the solution, right? Turn to the Lord. Pray. Now, granted, they wanted to tell God how he should handle it, right? Take the snakes away. But but at least they're going to the right place. And God, being God, he has an unlikely solution for them. Notice he doesn't take their advice and take the snakes away. He doesn't send St. Patrick to to lure the snakes out of the land. He he doesn't kill the snakes. Instead, what does he do? He has Moses build a, a model Snakes, the very thing that was so ugly, that was causing such problem, build that out of bronze, put it on a pole, and everyone who looks to it lives. It was an unlikely solution, but but do you understand what the solution actually is? It's faith, right? There's there's no medicinal value in in the bronze of of, of the snake up on a pole that looking to it would somehow help you. This isn't some witchcraft, this isn't... Uh, a, a placebo effect thing. Those who trusted in God's promise, those who looked up to that snake, believing that God would do what he said he would do, were healed of that which otherwise would have killed them. And that's the point that uh, Moses, that's the point that Jesus in our gospel today picks up on from this story of the wilderness. Just like, he says, just like Moses lifted up that snake in the desert and everyone who looked up in faith, who believed in it, they saved, they, they, they lived, they survived. He says in the same way the Son of Man, so he, would be lifted up and they knew what that was talking about. That was a, a very familiar method of execution. They knew he was talking about his death. The Son of Man would be lifted up and everyone who looks at him would be saved. In our epistle lesson, Paul describes the magnitude of it, right? We were dead. God made us alive. And notice he said it was by grace. It was that unlikely solution, right? Undeserved love. It was by grace through faith, not us, not what we do. It's God's gift. Just look up and live. Look to Jesus and there is your solution. But you know, if if we were the ones making the solution for our sins, we'd probably have a different plan, right? God, let's just go this way. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. We'll be really good. And then we'll be good with you, right? We'll, we'll try our best. We'll do good. And, and, and that'll be good. That, that's the plan. God, that's the way we should go. And God says, no, no, no. Look this way. But, but sometimes, even knowing the truth, we still kind of follow that plan. Right? That shows up. Well, it shows up whenever we look at our salvation as it's something we did. Or we look at something that we accomplished and we get proud of that and, and get upset at God for not rewarding it like we think he should. It shows up when well, we look down on others who maybe struggle with something different than we struggle with. 
It shows up when we refuse to forgive that person who has hurt us and, 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 and you know, the whole memory skewing thing. We, we forget about the times that we had hurt them or, or, or anyone for that matter. It shows up when we complain. It shows up whenever we say that's not fair. It shows up when, when, whenever, well, whenever we play victim and try to blame everyone else. We are right there with the Israelites saying, God, why don't we just go that way? And then because God loves us, he sends the snakes into our lives. The problems, the struggles, the detours. In order to get us to to look up. To look up to his son. The solution, the, the greatest solution. And when we look up, we see that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, whoever looks up to that one lifted up on the cross, shall not perish, but have eternal life. We see his unlikely solutions that have such power. Right? An innocent man executed. And everyone who looks to him receives the payment that he paid. A splash of water and some word and heaven opened and a child claimed and faith born. A taste of bread and a sip of wine and God gives forgiveness to all who trust that it is what it is. What he says it is. Friends, our problems are never not getting our way. They are not seeing God's way. And our solutions are not getting what we want. They are receiving what God gives. I'll say that again. Our problems are never not in our way. They are not seeing God's way. And our solutions are not getting what we want. They're receiving what God gives through faith in Christ. Amen. Now, may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.